something so mysterious and intriguing about old haunted sanatoriums and hospitals. Is it their mysterious yet scandalous pasts? The way they treated their patients? Or is it the old structures, beautiful, echoing the long pasts of their useful days and owing to long-held stigmas around mental illness? But it should be no surprise that a lot of these places are now deemed haunted and once held people with little understood mental disorders. Still, these locations do attract us day thrill seekers, paranerds, and paranormal investigators. And these hospitals make for enticing exploration. And perhaps it's the disembodied voices that are captured within these walls, the shadowy figures found down the hallway, or maybe the faces that could be seen from the old windows can possibly be explained by science. But then again, where's the fun in that? On today's episode, we talk about LA's infamous haunted sanatoriums and hospitals, but we take a deeper dive into one specific sanatorium located in Glendale, California, and that is Rock Haven Sanatorium. We sit down with Maria Wessenauer of Hollywood Exhumed as she digs up some receipts on the history and haunting history of this special sanatorium. Who's the woman in black that people have seen on the grounds? Who or what is behind the items that magically appear on the premises of Rockhaven Sanatorium? Could it be Gladys Baker, Marilyn Monroe's mother? After all, she did spend a decade there. We talk about this and much more on today's episode of the history and haunting of Rockhaven Sanatorium. Let's get Hollyweird exhumed. Hey, boo. Hey, guys. Welcome to Hollywood Paranormal. We are your hosts, Tammy Merhat Chavez. Hello, I'm Bryce Mitchell Williams. And we have a very special guest with us today. Yes. And her name is Maria Wessenauer. Maria, you want to say hey, boo, hey to our listeners? Hey, boo, hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
So real quickly, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about something pretty interesting in, the, in light of everything that's going on. We thought, why not go big or go home? Let's talk yeah. about haunted Los Angeles sanatoriums. Oh, yes, guys. We mentioned Linda Vista in the last couple of episodes, and you guys messaged us in regards to stories, personal experiences that you've had, personal experience that your friends had, and <laughs> we decided why not? go deeper into this whole deal of Los Angeles hospitals and sanatoriums and talk about a couple more that probably not a, not all of you know about. So mm. we're going to be talking a little bit about Patton State and a little bit a dash of the Rancho Los Amigos Hospital. And then we're going to go all the way with Rock Haven because Maria Wessenauer is a hoss when it comes to learn knowing everything and anything in regards to... What did you call me? What? A hoss? <laughs> a hoss. <laughs> A hoss. Girl, I'm a hoss. You're a master, a mastermind to it. <laughs> so you are the mastermind behind a lot of the things around Los Angeles in terms of history, locations, famous film locations, and whatnot. So Maria is also the mastermind behind Hollywood Exhumed on Instagram, where she takes nice. you on a tour throughout Hollywood. And she also knows a lot about, we talked about this before, the Los um, Andres Pico Adobe. And if you guys had missed our interview with Maria, um, it was the episode of Famous Ghost Stories of Christmas and our interview of the at the Andres Pico Adobe, she shared some pretty interesting stories of mm. the paranormal that not only happened to her, to other patrons as well. And um, first and foremost, guys, before we go into this episode, I just want to say a big thank you to our patrons. Usually we yeah. save this towards the end, but I feel like it's best to just bring it up right now. I just want to say thank you to Tiffany Robinson. Heather Fiore and Cabana3, thank you guys so much for donating and supporting our podcast. Heather Fiore is also a big supporter of the podcast, but she donated to my mask making project. So she just mm -hmm. put money down because I've been selling masks, but also I've been giving them away to medical workers. Um, a big shout out to our listener, Sunnyside. You're going to be getting your mask soon. Sunnyside is an ER nurse. He's also a big Holly Weird listener. And we appreciate you, Sunnyside, and everything that you're doing on the front line. You'll be getting your ghost mask soon. They'll be made with a lot of disinfectant and love. So yeah. <laughs> we want to say <laughs> thank you so much to you guys. We don't ask much. Um, I know that this is a time of a lot of um, financial stress and other struggles and it means the world to us that you've reached mm -hmm. out to us that you support us and the most that we can do is create this creepy content so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we do the best that we can um, so just to let you guys know we are recording via Skype so if you hear some audio that goes in and out and it kind of glitches out don't add us especially you Karen on Apple podcasts we're doing the best that we are doing yeah. during this time we're practicing social distancing. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to pass the mic to Maria. Maria, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in um, becoming an historian and mm -hmm. learning so much about Los Angeles history? Um, what got you into this position? Well, I've always been kind of um, an old Hollywood aficionado, per mm -hmm. se. Um, pre, you know, everything being at your fingertips on the computer. I would, you know, buy a bunch of books. 
and read up like, you know, last meals and, um, you know, death and scandal and that kind of stuff. (laughs) And on my birthday, I would do things like, you know, go have my birthday dinner at where so-and-so had their last meal. And so we kind of just started growing from there. I'm born and raised in the Valley. So I'm in the San Fernando Valley. So I'm a real Valley girl. And in, um, And, so uh, Bryce, Bryce considers himself a true Valley girl. Uh, true Valley girl by transplant. <laughs> and in 2016, I joined the San Fernando Valley Historical Society. And it sounds fancy, but pretty quick, I became the vice president uh, by default. It's not a job people really want, only because your your one main responsibility is getting speakers. Mm. Um, so you oh. kind of plan their events. And for me... I just was like, this is the coolest thing ever because I get to seek out all the people I've been following and stalking, all the local historians, and I get to now befriend them and get to know them and get their books, get the book signed. And that's pretty much how I met you, right, Tammy? And how I met Craig Owen, so mutual friend. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So that's, that's, um, and then, you know, along with being in the Historical Society, you I'm a docent at the Andres Pico Adobe, and I also volunteer at Valley Relics Museum. Yes, both amazing places, guys. If ever this order gets lifted, you have to travel to those places. Um, Real quickly, can you tell uh, our listeners a little about Hollywood Exhumed and what that's all about on Instagram? I've always been, since I was a kid, fascinated with like the story behind the story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I would see an old building, I would want to know you know, what that used to be. And that's kind of what it is. It's 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 digging up the history. Um, and if it has a little bit of a spookiness behind it, even better as far as I'm concerned. And so all the pictures on Hollywood Exhumed are all places that I've visited myself. I don't post anybody wow. else's pictures. So, and then I just dig for the history um, and try and find out. I'll go in, I have no shame. Like uh, I have a picture of Chili John's in Burbank. Um, and I went in and I just started asking, you know, the people who work there, like, Hey, is this place haunted? Please tell me. People were either, will either tell you the story or kind of just brush it off. But you can tell by the expression on their faces that, yeah, there's something happening there. Your cat agrees that it's haunted. So there we Uh. go. (laughs) (laughs) What is, um, or what has been the most fascinating and or your most favorite place that you've visited here in Los Angeles? Rockhaven. Really? I say we could jump into it, but beforehand, let's talk about a recent experience. And and the American Legion. Oh, Hollywood American Legion is pretty fascinating. Girl, girl, I heard that. I heard stories about that place. It's no joke haunted. Yeah. Um, Let's go into this. You recently had a new experience or someone had a new experience right at the Andre I, did per- I did personally right before we just right before I became quarantina um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were doing inventory on a Sunday at the Adobe and uh, what that entails is basically you have a list of things that have been donated you mm-hmm. need to it's, it's like a scavenger hunt yeah and so um, and then you need to go and find it within the museum and photograph it to log it and upstairs in the bedroom, um, which is where those nunchucks were thrown at me, if you yes. listened to the last episode I was on. Wow. They're also on Instagram, guys. There are these metal nunchucks, but they turned out to be 
Um, baby, baby mittens. Baby mittens. So they could not gnaw on their nails yeah. or whatnot. So babies yeah. can't scratch their face, but they can give themselves concussions because they're made out of metal, which is fascinating. They were, I know they were heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the ladies who's, who's also a docent called me in to, to help her take a photo because every time she would take a photo, there was a huge orb. Oh. So the tiger, the huge, um, the huge. <laughs> The photo was, sorry, the cat's distracting me. Um, so it was a frame photo of this lady, uh, Franny Davenport. Franny Davenport was a Shakespearean actress, and she she had an acting troupe that traveled from the UK to, to America. And um, I believe it was her aunt or her uncle started the San Fernando Valley Historical Society many years later. So we have a frame photo of her in the bedroom. And so, so... Um, I decided to go the scientific route and I told Cher, which is the docent that I was helping, I said, it's probably um, the light coming in from the window. So I like searched in the drawers and found a sheet and covered one window. And we tried again, nothing. I covered second window, nothing. I said, let's try on my phone because maybe your lens is dirty. Uh-huh. And what I'm telling you, it was the size of a personal pan pizza. So you get the size of the width of this orb. I'm very familiar, yes. <laughs> so, these are measurements of units that I understand implicitly. You gave them good visuals right there. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. <laughs> hey, Chris. Um, and so uh, we switch cameras. I take it with my camera and still there. So I was like, now I'm doing like yoga to try and cover like the door. So there's no light coming in from like the hallway. So oh it's almost God. black in there. And so we take the photograph again and there's the orb. So wow. now I'm just, I'm exhausted from this. And I, so I say, Franny, is, is this dust or is that you? And right when I said, is it you? <gasps> the light flickered no and so way. we were like juices i was like later yeah i just got chills oh my god and it oh, it happens to you too maria like you, this hasn't been the first time you experienced something like this but that is oh no no, no. several times there several times several times there and in mm. fact i was going to i told my husband yesterday i'm like you know what i'm going to do the skype with them and i think i'm just going to go to the adobe because there's nobody there and it's nice and quiet. And that way I'm not distracted because I'm like total advanced ADD. I'm like, what? Squirrel? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> and so, and then like last night I'm laying in bed and I'm like, what the hell am I even thinking? Like, no. First I have to like drive into the property. That's scary enough. And then like unlock everything. It's a fortress. And then like the creakiness, I was like, no, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing it here with all the distractions. I do, I, do I want to be here with all the ghosts in quarantine? <laughs> How many pan pizzas would that? <laughs> Just one little tiny mini pan pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? You did so many amazing things. First and foremost, you tried to debunk the photograph by trying to cover the windows, which is amazing. Mm. Instead of just panning it off to just being, you know, full on paranormal <laughs> in the very beginning. So, I mean, that kudos to you for doing all those things. That's what an investigator does. Is like, okay, let's let's try to reenact this again. Let's do this again. And then you went and grabbed sure. your camera. Do you have those images? Can you send them to us? I would love to see them and post I them. I do. I should. should okay. 
Okay, later on, guys, we'll we'll try to get that coordinated for our listeners. So if you guys I don't have it, I know Cher has it for camera. We have to have it because it's the only photo we have for our. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, that place is. It it, it depends on with whom is there and mm. when it wants to definitely make communication. But I feel like there's something there, and I feel like in some way it does like Maria. It, it knows that she takes care of the place. She honors it and. She spent a lot of time, so she has a lot of great rapport. There's so many, there's so many crazy little knickknacks and clothes and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I've always been fascinated with. I started thrift shopping at a very, very young age, maybe 13. I would, mm-hmm. like, panhandle in junior high to um, have extra money to go buy, like, fabulous coats after school because it was a thrift shop on the way home from my junior high. Oh, do so, uh, me too. so I would love when I'd find like ticket stubs or tissues or not I went in the coronavirus days I wouldn't want to find a tissue but you know what I'm saying yeah so everything (laughs) the the new normal um so hate that um so I just think there's so much energy um residual energy on all these items is just crazy. In fact, I was doing some research on things that are our trigger for ghost hunting. And, and I was like, well, holy shit, no wonder. But three of those items on the checklist are in our, um, our nursery. Wow. Yeah. Just the nursery. And I was like, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of triggered objects in each and every room. It seems like it you have, um, I, f- I already forgot about, um, the gentleman, the um the mendito the one that you have his knife in um the trunk oh vasquez yes yes oh my god tell our listeners a little about vasquez and what you guys have on the second floor because that vasquez was a bandito and he was kind of like the we'll say he was a kardashian before the kardashians because he was kind of like a really (laughs) well-known everybody knew who he was you know and he had a massive ass yes yes he had a but no. Uh, and so, um, yeah, some people kind of called him the modern day Robin Hood. He really just was not a good guy, though. Um, oh. and, um, we acquired his chest that has like the bit for his horse and it has his knife and it has um, a bunch of photos and a bunch of rope and things that actually belong to him. Um, and we have that in our upstairs loft area at the Adobe. Um, wow. But yeah, that's a huge part of history, especially because they say okay. that his gold, you know, a trunk of gold or treasure or whatever is still um, buried up at Vasquez Rock. So, um, which is a really popular um, filming location as well in the Antelope Valley. So, and, so it was, I, and it was said that he may have hidden or was like kind of staying at the Pico house for a little bit, like he was hiding like, around there. It's 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 more of a lore. Okay. We've done a lot of investigating, and um, I think it's more of just like a we wish, because that would yeah. just add more. You know, <laughs> that would have been the topping <laughs> to the pizza right there to the Adobe. But I we we really don't think that's true. They'll definitely but, add you know. it in the like based on a true story movie version, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the with the saying like he, b- before the Kardashians were the Kardashians, yeah. there was that <laughs> in his life. Well, let's jump into sanatoriums, guys. Um, we oh. have a couple that we're just going to talk about. I don't know, uh, Maria, if you know anything about the Patton State Hospital in San Bernardino. 
No, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. One of our, well, just a little tidbit of this, guys, uh, before we hit Rock Haven, because I definitely want to hear everything and anything Maria wants to say to us about Rock Haven. Um, but real quickly, Patton State Hospital is another one that is another creepy hospital in the San Bernardino uh, area. It opened in 1893, and it was originally named the Southern California Asylum for the Insane and Inebriate. So it was renamed in 1927 after Harry Patton, who was a member of the first board of directors. Although it had an official name change over the years, it became known as um, just simply the Insane Asylum. By 1898, the hospital was so overcrowded that staff was unable to properly care for the patients. And between the years of 1893, nothing's changed, of course. Um, in 1934, it is believed that over 2,000 patients died on site and were buried on the hospital grounds. Now, according to some who have worked in the hospital, like they do sense that there's some sort of energy around there, of course. Maybe it's due to the 2,000 patients who died on site and were buried most likely without any marked grave. But um, there's been um, talk about a laundry room that um, people have claimed to see shadow figures. It was even said that for a while, Edmund Kemper was, was possibly kept there. It was just legend <laughs> that is but, really scary yeah it's really really intense but i know that part of the hospital collapsed due to an earthquake but the other half still stands i know they rebuilt it afterwards on the same grounds and it went back into operation uh, let's see, we can move forward into the Ranchos Los Amigos Hospital. And this one is a really interesting one. It's in um, Downey. And it was a refuge for the elderly, homeless, and the mentally ill and disabled. And it opened in 1888. Immersely successful, it grew over time to house thousands of patients and hold official status as its um, own town before becoming part of Downey in 1950. Um, it was renamed Ranchos Los Amigos. It had a working farm, a craftsman mansion for the superintendent and its own post office and a World War II army base. And of course, yes, it actually served as a refuge for victims of polio. So it faced a lot of death. It had also went through the whole excursion of the Spanish flu. So it also held patients of the Spanish flu. It held patients for polio. And it also um, survived the Long Beach earthquake of 1930s. It had seen a lot of trauma. It had seen a lot of death. And it definitely holds uh, a place for a lot of entities. A lot of people believe that they have seen faces and figures from the rundown windows of the asylums. And other people have said that they've seen lights that will mysteriously flicker on and off during the late hours of the night. When walking or driving by the building, many say that they can't help but feel a force watching them. And so it's a pretty intense place. I know that it's um, pretty abandoned still to this day. Mm -hmm. um, locals have also stated that they've seen dark shadow figures, particularly one of a, of a man looking out of one of the hospital windows. There's even a love story attached to this place. They said that there's a, a ghost that's a couple. It's a male and a female where in one particular room, they're laying next to each other and they're embracing each other. And when someone tries to go into the room to, you know, ask them what they're doing in there, they disappear in front of them. So <laughs> that is a legend. That's a story that could be connected to patients of the polio. So who knows? And then we hit Rock Haven. Now, yes. Maria, yes. you have the receipts of Rock Haven. I'm like, let's yes. Rock Haven right now because Haven 
Yes, it's so beautiful and it is so peaceful. So back in 2016, we did um, like a crafty kind of fair at the Andres Pico Adobe and I met Joanna and Joanna is the president of the uh, Friends of Rockhaven, which is an organization that is working with the city of Glendale to help maintain um, Rockhaven um, in its original state and kind of build from it versus having a developer come in and knock it down and make condos that we don't need or McMansions that we need even less or Chick-fil-A, which we really don't need. No. And so she was selling jewelry and um, to help raise money for the cause. And I was just, I was like, what is this place? Because a lot of the photos and she has like these pendants and it'll have photos and it'll be like the gates of Rockhaven. And um, she, the one I'm wearing, I'm wearing one today and it's Peggy Fears, which she was the resident of Rockhaven. So I grabbed a pamphlet and she invited me to come to take a tour. And so they're open twice a month. That was back then. I think now it's like maybe every three months. I could be wrong, but they're open twice a month, one for cleaning days and then one um, for tours and they're only allowed there for like two hours or something crazy like that. The city of Glendale is, are really assholes. So first opportunity I got to go, um, I went on a tour and I was mind blown because it's a bunch of different, well, first it's located in the Crescenta Valley, which is, um, maybe 20 minutes out of LA and, Mm -hmm. um, Rockhaven itself is located in Montrose on Honolulu, which if you've never been to Montrose, the city of Montrose is like uh, something out of time. It is the cutest little town it ever. Is. I love it. I love it. Uh, so upon, you know, parking, you walk up to these gates that are these like old timey, wrought iron, scary movie. Oof. Yeah, this is Rock Haven. You know, you know that if you just touch, it's gonna go. Oh God. Yeah. Even the name sounds sinister. I was like, oh, what is this? But then when you look into the history, you're like, oh, oh, it's actually really nice. So when you go on one of their tour days, uh, Joanna gives you a little talk of the history. But pretty much, you're allowed to go explore. And I'm by explore, I mean like you can open drawers, closets, everything. What? And the different cottages. Yes. The different cottages are all types of different architecture. So when it was first built, it was one stone little house. But since then, um, it's grown into different little cottages. The grounds itself are these beautiful gardens. There's all kinds of creepy statues, which I'm sure in their heyday they were beautiful. But now they're creepy AF, girl, when I tell you. And I've yes. seen the pictures and, of them last night and we're going to post them on our Instagram guys. It's, mm-hmm. it's something out of a movie. I mean, that's the best thing. Oh, yeah. Most definitely this whole place is something out of a movie. And what's yeah. crazy is like, you know, you go into one bathroom and it's 1920s tile. Yeah. Then you go into their dining area and it's something out of the golden girls. Like it's 1980 yeah. Miami. Yeah. And it's just Hazley, <laughs> like, like uh, your yeah. Nana's couch and it has the plastic yeah. and the, and the yeah. floor plush pillows exactly (laughs) but what's what's cool is that all the stuff in the rooms uh are stuff that were left behind by the residents wow talk about trigger objects trigger trigger trigger. yes the and then the detailing the detailing there's there's um uh iron banisters that kind of like before you walk into each little cottage and they're all 
intricately made. It was made by an iron worker specifically for Rockhaven. Uh, it, it's just I can't I can just go on and on. Like the the heater grates are even like um, totally like carved and amazing. The, the place is just so amazing. But the last time I visited, I was really sad because it's really dilapidated. Um, it, in one of the last um, rainstorms, um, there's so much water damage. It's a um, lot of damage in that place. That's what I was researching, that it was bought by someone in 2001, and then they tried to repair it, but the repairs were astronomical. There were, well, it, what, it, happened, what happened was when, and I'll, we'll get to that, but when, mm-hmm. um, when um, Pat Travis retired in 2001, they sold it to a company that, and it became kind of more of a convalescent home, traditional mm-hmm. nursing home. And yeah, it was pretty much the repairs were going to be just way too much. And so that's mm-hmm. when in 2006, it became a landmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, oh, one more creepy thing that's really creepy is you get to go into their walk-in freezer. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Many true crime podcasts, you never walk into a freezer. Right. <laughs> like it's, you, we could film a scary movie there for, for legit, legit cool. scary movie. I wouldn't be surprised if production houses have tried to contact that place to film, and I wouldn't yeah. allow them just to, I know like the money would be great, but knowing how production houses treat locations and oh, right. people, like you, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> just like take the money and just keep it. We'll just move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now in the research here, we had a famous celebrity who had her mom stay. She had her well, mom stay well, in this facility. Well, who was yes, I have a, I have a couple for you, but oh my God, more. Yes. Yes. So first I thought I'd tell you though about the lady who's a celebrity in her own right, because she is like one badass bitch, um, Agnes Richards. Um, yes. She's the one who started um, Rockhaven. The true so golden girl right German there. Immigrant, um, so her family immigrated here from Germany when she was just a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, later in life, she married, and her husband died within the year of their marriage, but she was left with a oh. newborn baby. And at that time, you know, women didn't have careers. Um, so Agnes started volunteering um, during the war and for the Red Cross. And one of her assignments was at a, a sanitarium. And so that was her first taste of, of sanitarium life, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her first exposure to that kind of facility. Uh, Agnes put herself through nursing school to help support her child. Um, and later she remarried. And in 1922, they moved... Um, from the Midwest to Los Angeles. And she went to work for different um, sanitariums there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just saw um, the mistreatment of patients and, you know, women were committed for from serious mental illness back then to ridiculousnesses like masturbation and epilepsy or grief, depression, paralysis, head injuries, poverty, addiction, and menopause. So your husband could just have you committed because you were like perimenopausal and like kind of grumpy. Oh, oh God. my God. Oh. Even if she had her period and she was being emotional, she's, you know, she's got exactly. her right? Well, you know, basically oh. you can get committed for that. So uh, she decided at that time, the Crescenta Valley had several other uh, sanitariums. It was just clean air and open space and it was a good place to have a sanitarium, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at its peak, it had about 26 of them. 
but Rock Haven was the last of the last in La Crescenta Valley. Wow. Um, so she rented a small stone house um, right there on Honolulu, like I told you, in Montrose. And the exterior was made out of um, stones. So she named it Rock Haven. And at that time, she started with just six ladies. She never referred to them as patients. She always referred to them as residents or the ladies. Mm. And what was amazing about Rock Haven is that we're talking a time. I mean, women had just been able to, uh, were just allowed the right to vote just, I mean, a few years earlier than this. Uh, and so the fact that she is now a nurse, educated nurse, and she started a place uh, for women run by women. Mm-hmm. So the only men um, that were allowed on the premises were doctors that would come and visit the patients to, you know, to check out their health and that kind of stuff. Other than that, it was all women, which I think is pretty cool for its time. Mm-hmm. Definitely so, ahead of its time too. It's yeah. super, super ahead of its time. And what was yeah. amazing is that the, the only rules that they had really, the women were allowed to roam freely, which was really, really odd for a sanitarium. Um, but they were allowed to roam freely through the gardens. Um, they were, the only two rules were that they dress daily. So these women would dress amazingly. If you see the old photos, there's this great documentary on YouTube um, that shows a ton of the old photos, if anybody's wow. interested. Um, and they were asked to attend all three meals because they thought it was really important for the women to socialize um, to make kind of normalcy. Uh, and they would bring in entertainers and they would do like play bridge and make crafts. It, w- it was just, it sounded like a really amazing place. And I can tell you that just sitting in the yard, um, there's this delicious breeze that you can kind of like, takes you back in time and you can kind of feel like what it was like. Mm-hmm. And there's this like, um, what do you call it when a bunch of parrots like fly together? Is it a flock of parrots? What is yes. that? Yeah. Flock of parrots? There's like this crazy flock of parrots that like flies over Rock Haven. So I love that. It's like a magical place to me. Oh, I want to go now. I want to get dressed up just to go. <laughs> but um, Rock Haven was known as a sanitarium of the stars. And it's because um, it was one, because it was so close to Hollywood. And right. two, because it had several here tammy here you go yes i'm all about this life i'm like tell me who's famous and crazy so (laughs) billy burke you may know her as glinda with a gut yes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, she she was married to flo zigfeld from he was the broadway producer who was the founder of these Siegfeld Follies. Yeah. Um, she was a resident there and she was diagnosed with dementia. Oh. So, uh, yeah. So she, she, you know, and back then, the reason I'm hesitating to say dementia is because that back then they didn't have a name for Alzheimer's. So a lot of right. times they say dementia. And so it okay. could have been Alzheimer's. We don't know. Um, secondly, yeah. Petty Fears, which is my girl. Um, Peggy Fears died at Rock Haven in 1994. Um, She was married to a real estate promoter and a theatrical promoter. And then later in life, um, her best friend, model actress, Teddy Thurman became her her partner. Um, They were true soulmates from what I understand. And and Teddy would visit her at Rock Haven. But before that, Peggy, uh, another bad bitch, um, she built a yacht club in Fire Island, which became the travel destination of the LGBTQ community as we know it today. So she was like the first, she was, oh, wow. she was the innovator for Fire Island. 
Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and the other thing at Rock Haven is when you're walking through the little, um, you know, you're walking through the garden, in the garden, they'll have these like little wooden, I don't know, plaques, we'll say, and it'll say Peggy Fears. And it'll say like the different patient's name there. So I think that's cool too. So, uh, um, and then Clark Gable's first wife, Josephine Dillon lived there. <laughs> Not a lot of people know about her. She was his first wife before he was famous. She kind of really? made him. Famous. Yes. So Damn. she was kind of grumpy and 20 years his senior and he was called Billy back then, but she was uh, known as what um, they called back then a star maker. So she kind of made Clark Gable. Oh, my God. And when he died in 1960 of a heart attack, he left her um, the house that they had lived in. He had bought her a house in Studio City, which is still there, by the way. Um, and so he he was still taking kind of care of her because he, he wow. really appreciated and loved her. And then it's just a weird Clark Gable connection. His fourth wife um, also, uh, she didn't live there, but her sister did. Mm. And um, they were the two sisters were kind of known as um, socialites. Um, Clark Cable's fourth wife, people say he married her because she looked like Carol Lombard, but she had also been married to Douglas Fairbanks. So that was kind of kind of, you know, cool, I think. <laughs> um, but probably the most famous the connection famous there. <laughs> hmm? The connections. It's like six degrees of separation. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's a small town. You know what I'm saying? Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most famous resident um, is uh, Miss Gladys, Marilyn's mother. Um, as anybody who loves Marilyn knows, uh, Gladys from mental illness her entire life. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was an on and off resident of Rock Haven. Um, and she was known there as the escape artist because she would randomly just you know disappear wow. well when a particular occasion this story is really funny so she tied sheets together to escape like in the movies oh, and, no. hung, and, hung it, and hung it out the windows to climb out the window to escape but what's funny is that her room was on the first floor like she literally could have just opened the window and stepped out or the doors she is, it was on the first floor she still did that <laughs> I wonder if that was a saying back then, like back then, like, oh, hey guys, are you gonna go to bl- on a break? Yeah, I'm gonna sneak out and pull a Gladys. Oh, okay, great, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was like some sort of a saying. I might even like to do that. Like, I wanna pull a Gladys and just like dip and leave. Oh I just my thought gosh. It was, I'm just like, she tied sheets together. I mean, and, and if you go to Rock Haven, you can actually like go into what was her room and you can see that you could literally like yes. lift up the window and then just step your foot out the other side. You don't need a sheet. You don't need to tie in a sheet. She but it's really... always good to have a backup plan. You never know. <laughs> yeah, backup plans are good. You never know when you're going to need sheets tied yeah. together. When So when Marilyn died um, in 1962, she was worth about a million dollars. And she left 100000 for the care of Gladys. The problem is that Marilyn owed a lot more than a million dollars. She owed back taxes. She owed money to Joe DiMaggio. She owed $5,000 for the down payment of the house she was living in. She owned the Strasburgs, which were were her acting teachers. Um, And so at one point, Rock Rock Haven was 
really working with her estate. At one point, they received an envelope with two $1 bills that said for the care of Gladys, because that's all that was left over. Oh, my God. They did end up getting paid full amount. And um, Marilyn's sister, who we never really hear about, it's a half sister, we never really hear about her, but she came and collected Miss Gladys and took her to Florida to live with her. So uh, she died there in Florida in 1994. Wow. So everybody retires and dies in Florida eventually. (laughs) Yeah, and she pulled a Gladys. I've seen pictures of her room. It's a pretty spacious room. And that was a really tiny window that she jumped out of in her bathroom. It's like this little tiny, like frosted glass window. <laughs> it's not, yeah. no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's actually a window in a closet. Oh, it was a closet. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's really odd. You're going to have to come next time. You're going to have, have to come to. next time that they open for once we're off quarantina. Yes. We're gonna have to go over there and just check it out. So what happened yes. with uh what happened with the hospital since then? So it opened till you said it was the sixties, right? And then it closed for a while and then no, until it was it, open. It was open until two thousand six. Till two thousand six. Yes. In fact, when you're walking through, you can still see messages like uh please be sure to give the patients their pills and you know, that kind of thing. And it, wow. it has the date on it. And so, yeah, there was still residents there till, I mean, that wasn't even that long ago, I guess, 10 years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. and change, but you know what I'm saying? That's so good that you said residents because I read here that um, the women were never to be called patients. They were only addressed to be referred to as residents yeah, the ladies. or ladies. Yes. 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 And yes. that was from, and, you know, and the thing is, this is that uh, from everything I've heard, not just Agnes, but her her granddaughter, Pat Travis, who took over, were both of the same elk. They both were, were very much about making the ladies feel um, like they could like they weren't sick. You, you know, they were they were really into making them feel good and be in the yeah. hearing and be present. And they were really, they really treated them like family. So I, I just think that that that's amazing. Which I feel like so often the way that mental health was treated, especially in the past and oh, yeah. still now, honestly, but that we exacerbate the problem by like almost vilifying the illness as opposed sure. to like meeting people where they're at and like assessing what treatment they might need or just like medicating everything across the board. Like. It's so like Tammy, I think you had said like in so many ways, this place is so revolutionary and like ahead of its time. And yet we're also like simultaneously not caught up to this in many ways because we still treat people with mental illness. We still haven't gotten it right. Oh my God. Like subhuman. This is why I think that this place is so special is just because, yeah, they just treated, they they weren't saying, oh, they're sick and they're crazy and they're blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. They were the ladies. They were there to be taken care of and, and to be shown a good time. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Um, especially just because, you know, if you've been to nursing homes or, or any of those kind of facilities are really, really sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, my grandmother in Honduras was was put in a home kind of similar to Rock Haven in Honduras. And what I loved about this home is that it was a small home. There were three nurses, all women, all the, let's call them residents. They're all residents. They were all women. And um, you just felt the love in that place and the care. And the 
and the place was surrounded by avocado trees because in Honduras they grow like crazy and it's like, oh, for breakfast, they're going to, they're like, oh, I'm going to pick a couple of avocados and, you know, fry an egg and that's their breakfast. And it's like, that's how it, it, I mean, I I felt so comfortable like being able to leave my grandmother there every time I would see her and visit her there. It's like, I know like she wasn't taken care of in in good hands. And that's something when researching Rock Haven, like that's, what I felt, you know, it's like, you know, we, we should all have a rock haven to, to, yeah. I should have a rock yeah. haven. And that's what I was, a rock haven. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was, I was like getting the sense, even like Agnes, she purposely wanted those cottages. She wanted fountains and that garden feel to make them feel like very tranquil and protected and in yeah. their own world, which I felt was so special. And even like in the reports and interviews of Rock Haven, people who work there and remember even being patients there, like they're like, it was a great place. Like I, I enjoyed it. It was nothing but positive responses. Um, I guess we could segue into is Rock Haven haunted? Wow, Rock Haven is haunted AF. Uh, Let's just say, let's just say I have bullets. That's how many there is. No. No yeah. way. <laughs> first off, first off, <laughs> shadow people is the one thing um, that is most reported. No. So if you want to explain shadow people for the for, for your listeners, Tammy, I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, so if you guys have remembered in past stories, shadow people are these non-dimensional entities. Some people like to pan them off as um, extraterrestrials from another dimension or as demonic, or they're just um, interdimensional beings. But we have no clue or hard evidence that they are related, they're ghosts. They're just this separate entity. So I feel like in some way, they're probably interdimensional. Maybe they are these figures or these past lives of individuals that have come back from another dimension to check in on our dimension or whatnot. So I'm feeling and I'm sensing maybe a lot of these residents that you know were cared for there do come back because they love that place so much. And reading other stories, it seems like they do. There's a story of a piano, apparently, yeah. that, well, like... I'm going there, I'm going there, I'm going there. <laughs> I can, I can yeah. just on my like, list, girl. Maria. It's on my list. So one, of, so one of the other top things that gets reported, and this is, like, not just stuff that I found on the internet. This is actual conversations with people that I know uh-huh. who... Um, Mike, who's a docent there, Joanna, who's a docent there, and uh-huh. the city appoints um, caretakers. So there's a husband and a wife who live in a little cottage on the premises. So this is oh. story straight from the people who it's happened to. Wow. Um, I did, wow, I didn't know someone was living on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. oh, and my, wow. my, my, my two favorite, which I'm leaving for last, which they're scary AF okay, stories right. from them. Okay, so, so you mentioned the piano, which I'll get to, but one of the things that is talked about most is that, you know, there's only a specific amount of people who, who go into Rock Haven. It's Mm. always the same little core group of uh, volunteers from friends of Rock Haven that go in on cleaning days. They've been doing this for years. They know, they know everything that's in that place. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing is, is that they'll go in for a cleaning day and all of a sudden an item that wasn't there the last time will appear. And it's weird things like I'm sure that if you were researching on the internet, you saw a photo of um, a, a, 
a bedpost, not a bedpost. Um, yeah, what do you call that? Uh, the back of your bed, the bed frame. Oh, the headboard. Yeah, headboard. headboard. Oh, yeah. The headboard, and it had a ro- has a rosary tied around it. Yes, I saw that, that picture. rosary appeared out of nowhere. And yeah, oh my and the both of our faces were like jaw drop. Had been in that room a million times, and that that rosary came out of nowhere. And they asked everybody who frequents, you know, on their cleaning days, and there's nobody else that goes in there. And and that rosary came out of nowhere. And then it'll be things like maybe a pamphlet, like maybe somebody's grandson sang in a choir in the church, and they had a little pamphlet. And it'll be like dated 1960 something. It was like a special occasion. All of a sudden, it'll just show up in a drawer. Whoa. These are pieces, you know, that, that they've cleaned through. They know everything that's there. Oh, my uh, God. And it'll just like disappear. No, no dirt or anything. It's just like nicely placed. Specifically. Just nicely placed like it had been there always. Oh, so my that God. Rosaries, and, they left the ro- and they'll leave it there, too. When they find it, they just leave it. Like, you'll see with the uh, – you can look it up on their website. There's a picture of the, the headboard with the rosary. I saw um, it. Yeah. But the piano that you're referring to, what happened with the piano is, is that if you go back and look at all the old photos of um, Rockhaven, there's always a piano in the photo. And there's one specific piano that's in most of the photos, but they always had sing-alongs and that kind of stuff. Just like in the old movies, people really did get up and sing songs by the piano. Oh my God, just um, like the Golden Girl. Just like the Golden Girl. Miami, Miami. Miami. <laughs> so uh, when when they when when uh, the friends of Rockhaven took over, there was no pianos at Rockhaven anymore. There wasn't one piano to be found. And like I've told you, they've searched the entire sure. the entire facility has been looked over and looked over. Well, on one specific occasion, one of the docents went into uh, the garage, and out of nowhere, when they opened up the garage, there was a the black piano was in the garage. Oh my God! Uh, and it was locked, locked, locked. And those that pianos was- are hard to move. Right. You need more than more Where? than two people. Where? And so they asked, and everybody's like, "No, we didn't bring a piano. What are you talking about? No, that was just like yeah. simply you know, a tool shed." Yes, a piano appeared at Rockhaven out of nowhere, which I don't personally. That's not the kind of stuff that I'm. I I don't know. I mean, yay, nay. I don't know. It's a good story. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm believing it so. Oh my God. Myself. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, it's too good to be true, especially for an object of that size and that weight. Like, kind of crazy. I mean, imagine like if ghosts are energy, which is what they are, right? They are. I mean, how much energy? There'd be a power outage to move a. I know. (laughs) So, these items are pulling a Gladys into the sanatorium. Where do they, all these tight sheets come from? So there's this docent named Mike, and he tells a story that on one of the cleaning days that he was in a in a bathroom, and he was standing on a little ladder, and the bathrooms are those old-timey bathrooms, so they mm-hmm. have a ton of, like, cupboards all over the place. And he was, like, on a step ladder, and he was, like, opening up a cupboard, and he put his hand into the back of the cabinet, and to clean and when he's cleaning he feels something and when he goes to pull it forward it was a bundle of pills in his hand so somebody must have been like 
not wanting to take their meds and just storing it there. But oh, he said man. that when he gathered them in his hand and he looked at them, that all of a sudden he just felt a complete chill Oof. come over his entire body and and just like sudden anger. Like mm-hmm. somebody was really pissed, I think, that he discovered their their hiding spot. And he said as quickly as that feeling came, it went away. So he said he just took the pile of pills and then just cut them back where they were so that... Oh. Oh my God. Kind of crazy, right? That is very, very crazy. I mean, how long were those pills there? I mean, if there was residence there, I mean, I mean, those pills could have been there for 50 years. You don't know. Exactly. And for him to like feel that instantaneous, like chill. Uh Yes. Mm hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And when he tells the story, you can see like he really, really like he felt it. Oh. You know what I mean? He felt it. Uh the other thing uh that the two people that live in the um the caretakers had reported was that when they moved in, uh they set tried to set the clock on the stove. And for three months, every time he would set the clock he would walk back and the clock would be at a different time. What? So if he set it for 12, he'd come back, he'd go do something and he'd come and he'd look and it would say three o'clock. <gasps> oh, now they're playing. <laughs> Was it always the same time or just different? Just No, like random different times. I thought the same Years. thing, but no, he said random different times. And so that same guy also said that his wife would say, did you call me? Yay. And he would say, no. And then a little while later, uh, you know, he would say, hey, did you call me? So whatever was there was imitating their voices. Oh, my God. Which used to happen in my house when I was a child, by the way. But that's. I feel like there's a trickster energy there. It just sounds yeah. like it. It's something that's yeah. trying to mimic just, them. Just like mess with them. Yeah. Mess with them. And it knows, yeah. I have heard. I have heard that when you hear somebody calling your name and you know like, let's say you're by yourself and you hear somebody there, you're not supposed to answer. That I haven't heard. Yeah. I've I, heard I, that. The only thing I heard is like, don't answer the door if you hear three knocks and no one's there. If you see like through the hole, no one's there. Cause it could be something negative, but I haven't heard that saying like, don't answer. Oh my gosh. What happens if you answer? Well, the, uh, and a lot of those superstitious lines, I was going to tell you something else, but, and then, then I'll tell you my last two stories, which are my, freak me out stories All but right. uh, i can mm-hmm. show you guys you guys can see i'm wearing i'm wearing peggy oh, yeah. beards um oh, wow. so i have this weird thing where it's happened to me for years i can't keep a necklace on i'll literally be walking and it just breaks off it's it's very odd okay oh. and, yeah. or, or something on the necklace will just break off randomly it's not like i bumped it against something right uh, um, Patty Negri told me that she has the same thing with watches that she can't keep a watch. And so I guess I collect all my energy in the necklace. But what's weird is that I really love Peggy and what she stood for. And for some reason I've had Peggy for four years and I wear her at the preschool even, and she doesn't even, she hasn't, she's still intact. Wow. Aww. So maybe she loves me back. What do you think? Yeah. Maybe she's, yeah, she's watching over you. You never know. Okay. I'm sorry. Right, so to my two last stories. The first one, um, we'll call her the Lady in Black. So, oh. yes, girl, the Lady in Black. So, 
again, the two caretakers that live there, uh, the gentleman's, I, it's either his mother or his mother-in-law was over visiting and she was sitting in the yard and she called for him and she said, there's a lady in the yard. And he was basically like, hey, we're locked in. The gates are closed. We're just here. There's, It's impossible for anybody to be in here. Oof. Okay. And she was insisting. And she was like, he's like, if you see her again, call me. So apparently this lady looked like she was an old lady dressed in black. And so she called for him again. And she said, don't you see her? <laughs> I can't with this one. She's waving at me, but she wasn't waving no. at like, hi. She was waving at her like, come hither. Like, come with me. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Girl, you better grab some shoes and time. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. No, because no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not happening. But I'm like, was it oh Agnes? Because if, if you look at the old pictures of Agnes, she's always wearing like, she's kind of like wearing like that kind of black attire, yeah. kind of like a little bit. Victorian. She's wearing the high, yeah, the high neck collar with the yeah. like a mutton sleeve. Yeah. yeah. So, she was older. Yeah. That could be possible that it could be Agnes, especially like for that type of attire, you know, the Maybe older. Like, come, come see my yard. Maybe yeah. like we're taking the Probably. I mean, she didn't, this, she didn't come off as a sinister force. She was more, it was more like welcoming them. Like, well, come I, see. Girl, I don't know. Come oh. on. Would you not, let's be honest. Would you not poop yourself if all of a sudden you see an old lady in the yard dressed in black calling you come hither? Yeah. You never Would you be like, oh my God, is she friendly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe for me, maybe it'd be like, hey, <laughs> I mean, like, let me look at your outfit because I'm all about this right now. What, what is this? Circa 1860, circa 1850. Let me take a picture for my records. <laughs> no. I'm that type that would probably do that. Like, ooh, girl, what is this? Right. Post Civil War, <laughs> pre Civil War. What is this? <laughs> Um, so last but not least, this is the one that like ever since I heard it. So let me tell you. So <laughs> there's this room at Rock Haven. It's a pretty large room, but it was, it's, it has a ton of hospital beds. And I guess it was like their infirmary mm. because nobody, it, there wasn't hospital beds. It was just regular beds at Rock Haven. They were just a little regular room. So it's not like a real, like a nursing home that you would mm. visit now. Everybody would have a, a hospital bed. Yeah. It wasn't like that at Rock Haven. So it was one big like infirmary. That room, when I visited, I always get the heebie-jeebies in there. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not one to go like, oh, I feel cloudy. I feel this. I feel heavy. Mm -hmm. But I can honestly tell you that you feel weird in there. And I don't know if it's just I've seen too many horror movies or what it is. But when I tell you what comes next. So the caretaker people have a friend over and he needs to use the bathroom. And so they direct him into that building. And as he's coming out of the building, he tells the caretaker, um, hey, I thought you said we were alone. Who's that old lady in the bed? No. I don't know about you, but all I can think about was like, Dimi, Dimi, why you do this? Dimi, why? Dimi, why? Oh, <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh, no. And I think that in my mind, every time I go there, that's what I'm thinking. And that's why it freaks me out. But let, needless to say, the guy was like, deuces, I'm out. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's that, a good one, right? That is a good one. Like, who's the old lady in the bed? <laughs> yeah, if you know you're alone and then there's another 
person, you know you're in trouble. Like, oh. It doesn't seem from all the stories that I've, I've researched and, and even listened to, like, I'm piecing together, they don't seem like they're bad at all. It seems, even in, in my research, it seems like there's a lot of good energy there. It's like they're happy there. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure that's exactly, and just like you said, um, you, you guys said before about the stove and if they're just tricksters, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or it could be energy that's surrounding like La Crescenta <laughs> because of the, uh, you know, the land itself, you know, especially around Montrose is pretty interesting, especially in its history. So Lord knows what else is like kind of attracted to that location too. That actually, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that area has a lot of rich history. There's this amazing book I bought and I believe it's called Murder Murder and Mayhem in La Crescenta Valley. Mm. Um, oh. And it's, yeah, it's a great book um, that has just really creepy stories and, and just weird history. And so, yeah, you're right. It, that, uh, you know, on top of, just that it was, you know, a hundred years of people living there and that was their home. Yeah. So, you so. know, it's, it's like, um, I mean, I always bring this as a reference, but it's like David Oman's house. Like it's mm. in the middle of Benedict Canyon. Benedict Canyon has a lot of interesting history in that Canyon, sure. especially mm -hmm. a lot of mysticism connected, especially to, you know, California. I mean, that's why a lot of people yeah. travel to California to, you know, partake in the weather, the na like nature and um, the springs. It was something, you know, in terms of mysticism and self-care and maybe, you know, that place attracted something to it and may sure. have attracted, you know, these trickster ghosts, which is connected to Native American lore, which is something that we feel is connected to even David's house. Like there's a lot of trickster energy in this house too that likes to play at times and be very precocious. And it sounds like that's probably what they're going through over there. Just as long as it's not hurting the caretakers, it's not hurting right. anyone. It's just, you know, can we ease up on the creepy ladies laying in bed, waving us to come hither? Well, that's just too much for me, too much I read, for me. I read up here too, there was another story um, in regards to the piano, but someone said it was something to do, oh, here it goes, on a tour, a woman with a lovely accent reported that she showed up early for the tour and uh, waved to a woman with a red cardigan and hat with flowers on it. And um, there was no such red sweatered woman a part of the tour or who worked on the grounds when she wow. referenced the woman to the docent giving the tour. And they're like, we don't, we didn't have anyone wearing a red sweater and flower with hats. So, it, I mean. Well that, well, that makes sense because it really, you know, in all the, if you look at all the old photos of the ladies of Rock Haven, they all look like they're going to a tea party. They're all wearing exactly. Like, wow. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe she was like hanging around the piano, like waiting to do a sing along, oh song and dance, song and pull, dance. But, pull a golden but yeah, girl. If, if if anybody's interested in Rockhaven, please 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 uh, follow them on Facebook, at the Friends of Rockhaven. And um, also, there's an amazing book that just came out a couple of years ago, but it's a really good read. It's an easy read, and it's a really good read, but it's um, by Elisa Jordan. It's called uh, Rock Haven Sanitarium, The Legacy of Ag Agnes Richards. So, um, you know, she, she really was ahead of her time. Wow. And um, She sounds like she was. She was definitely a trailblazer and someone to really look up to for someone who was educated, who was a nurse. And, you know, we're looking at nurses and medical professionals now you know, at a very high standard 
I mean, they've always should have been on a pedestal from the very beginning. Right. I also want to give a shout out to to Joanna Linkhorst, who's the president of uh, Friends of Rockhaven, um, and Dosen Mike, because they really, really, really work really hard to to maintain the history. And um, I, I, I don't think that people, uh, you know, understand what a labor of love it is and um, how you just fall in love with the place and it almost becomes your second home. And but you know, you're not getting paid to do it. It's right. you're there and you're cleaning somebody else's house essentially and, and working hard and she's working with the city and um, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, really appreciate folks who, who try and keep that history alive. Well, in the picture, yes. it looks so well maintained. You could tell like a lot of repair needs to go into it still. Um, but you could tell like, man, they really clean that place tip top shape and they're so strict mm. and I could see why, I mean, there are places for a lot of us, especially in this, in this community of the paranormal that really call to us. Uh, Maria, do you think that this place calls to you as much as the Andres Pico Adobe house? I, I think so. I think so. I think that, um, I can't, it's, it's a little, you know, the thing is with the, with the, with the Adobe the Adobe is literally my second home, but, and I go from feeling really at home and cozy to sometimes just unsettled there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there's no, there's, I wouldn't think twice about being home alone at my own home and I'm fine, <laughs> but there I'm just kind of, you know, but yeah. yeah, I think it's places. I think that, um, it's places that the energy just kind of calls, calls you to them. And I think that there's so much, they're both just really rich in history. I mean, obviously the Adobe, you know, has been around a lot longer and it's a whole different kind of history, but, but definitely. Bryce, what place calls to you often? Um, mostly Chipotle app. We knew this was good. <laughs> and I agree. I can't be left alone with it. So I feel you. Mm-hmm. And Tammy? I would have to say it's Myrtle's Plantation or the Omen yeah. House. As crazy as David Omen is, I, I don't know. I feel like I go in there and, like, this energy's there. I go and I yeah. recharge. I feel like my... It's, it's funny because it's funny that you say that, Tammy, because I've seen lives when he's gone live and you're there. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of, like, walking around and you're on your laptop like like you live there. Yeah, so yeah I've, I've always felt comfortable. It's like, that's one of the things that I always tell people who are doing investigations is always build a good rapport, not mm -hmm. with just the living, but also with the dead, because they don't know you and you don't know all about their life. So it's like, it's really good to like, go in there with respect and rapport, just saying, hey, I'm here, just here to learn, just make yourself known if you want to. You know, a painting drops from the wall at David's Omen's house, and you're like, okay, that's it. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's like places well, like that that really call to me, and it's like, yeah, like you, like you just feel at home. So yeah, well, just 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 going back for a sec, the city of Glendale frowns upon uh, people, you know, doing paranormal investigations at Rockhaven, oh um, which I don't understand why. But uh, like I said, when you go on their tours, there's no reason why you can't bring a little ghost kid along and just yeah, are you allowed to do that? Can you bring like your tools and stuff? I mean, who's going to tell you different? Right. I mean, literally get to walk around. Yeah, I definitely want to go and take a tour there. Like, is it possible to take a private tour with you over there? Or, uh, I mean, I think once we're once we're um, free into to the world. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take a call and see what we could do. 
Yeah, I would love to. Both Bryce and I, uh, Bryce, would you be down? I'll just sit with the delicious breeze you were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and his to-go Chipotle. And the, yeah. and the parrots and the Chipotle. I do love the parrots <laughs> up there. Oh, it's so cute. We come back, Maria, and there's, like, parrots all on top of, like, Bryce's <laughs> head trying to eat the Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> you make selfies, like, when you go to Maui and you pose with, like, the... All the yes. Yeah, this uncomfortable pose. Like I'm here with parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, thank Maria, so for much. taking the time out to sit down and get Hollywood with us and talk about Rock Haven. I know we touched on a few of the um, other sanitariums, but this one really resonates with Hollywood history and as well yes. as California history. Um, oh, before we go. Do you happen to have, and this is for our listeners that are also big fans of Linda Vista, do you have any ghost stories in relation to Linda Vista? I, I actually don't. And I know that that's a really popular destination. Yeah. I know that it's one of those places that's kind of like, I think mm-hmm. everybody has kind of visited or, you know, all the ghost shows have been there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's yeah. the uh, paranormal but, amusement park. It was at yeah, one point. Yeah. But I can tell you, that uh, in doing a little bit of research, I started watching those abandoned places videos. Mm-hmm. And apparently the eighth floor at USC uh, Medical Center is abandoned and it's supposed to be haunted AF. So you might want to look into that. Oh, here we go. We got mm-hmm. anybody from USC listening to this, let us know. Let yeah. us know. We'd love to have you on the show just so you can tell us about the what's going on up there. I had no idea about that. That's insane that it's abandoned and it's haunted. Yeah, so check, check it out. Check it out. I don't remember Definitely. the guy who does. Um, I love watching those like abandoned places videos. Oh, uh, me too. Me too. I Especially when they get creepy. What people leave behind, like their coffee yeah. mug and their. That's I'm like, yeah, okay. I have my coffee mug with me. I know, seriously, I have, like, my cabinet is, like, filled to the max with coffee mugs, or, as Bryce once quoted, our children, our precious yeah. children. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where can people find you, Maria, on Instagram and Facebook? On Instagram, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Hollywood Exhumed. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank yeah, you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for thank sitting so down much. with us and getting Hollywood once more, guys. All yeah. right, and... Bye, boo. Bye. Bye. A huge thank you to Maria Wessenauer of Hollywood Exhumed. Be sure to follow her guys on Instagram at Hollywood Exhumed. For more information on Rock Haven Sanatorium, be sure to head on over to www.friendsofrockhaven.org. This episode, along with this podcast, was made possible by the support of our Hollyweird Paranormal patron members. Thank you to each and every one of you for keeping this Hollyweird paranormal train moving. If you're interested in becoming a Hollyweird paranormal producer, you want to become a Patreon member, then head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Hollyweird paranormal for just as little as $1 or more per month or for one month or for two months or however many months you want to help donate to our podcast, you can actually help produce a few of our episodes, which is pretty awesome, and enjoy some perks such as receiving merch, stickers, magnets, pins, postcards, and even a coaster to rest your iced coffee as you listen to our creepy receipts. 
you'll also be automatically inducted into the Saturday Night Ghost Club, which is a bi-weekly podcast, only catered to our Patreon members. You get to listen to real ghost stories that I collect from the streets, from friends, from coworkers, and acquaintances. And these are stories that will definitely make you sleep with more than one or even two nightlights. We also want to take the time to give a warm welcome to our newest Patreon member, TRH Cabana 3 Thank you so much for your donation and becoming a Patreon member. You'll be receiving your goodies in the mail very soon. Also, if you want to learn more information about our podcast, then head on over to www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you can read our bios, get to know your hosts, also catch up with some past episodes and seasons, along with browsing through our merchandise store and subscribing to our podcast. Speaking of podcast subscriptions, you can also subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Blueberry.net, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, CastBox, Player FM, and Spotify. Can't get enough of Hollywood Paranormal? Then stalk us on Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal and Twitter at HWP Podcast. Have a story that you're dying to share, no pun intended? Then email us at hollywoodparanormal at gmail.com. If you really love Hollywood Paranormal, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot, and it helps us become a little more visible. Okay, until next time, friends, make sure to stay safe, stay healthy, but most of all, stay Hollywood. Till next time, friends.